seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them up the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yes, I'm here. At least I think I am. I was worried. Yeah, no, I didn't have the red button pressed over there a while ago, Roger. <laughs> you there, Matt? Yeah, yeah, Fine. I'm here, and I, you know, <laughs> I, I was unable to. Uh, hit, well, I, I, you couldn't hear me because I didn't press the red button a minute ago, and then I, I didn't get it typed into the screen fast enough. So, <laughs> sorry for the false alarm on that. And then I looked up and realized that no audio was plugged into my Facebook stream. So one of those uh, itty-bitty sort of like uh, inauspicious starts to today's show. But Batting, batting 250 today. Batting 250. <laughs> but, hey, it's worse. You make a career out of that. It could be worse. Leave. You know, we could be in Class A ball. Uh, at least we're at the plate. Welcome to the show in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with The home team, they are your home team at Farm Bureau, local agents that you can deal with one-on-one, face-to-face, cell phone-to-cell phone. You don't have to wait until, quote-unquote, business hours, and then you call some 800 number to talk to somebody, you know, three states over if you have a claim or you have an issue. That's not the way it works with Farm Bureau. With Farm Bureau Insurance, it's right here. Pick it up. 11 o'clock on a Saturday night, you have a fender bender. Call them. Your local Farm Bureau insurance agent lives right down the road. They're in the same town as you. They are your hometown heroes. Hit them up. And uh, find out who they are. If you don't know who the agents are in your area, you can search by county or by uh, city over at favrates.com. Y'all check that out. All right. As usual, lots of ways for you to be a part of the show. And uh, we'll start with Twitter, at Radio Wyatt. You can tweet me there, at Radio Wyatt. You can call the show. I always enjoy hearing your phone calls on the Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the United States of America, it means they've been doing it better, longer than anyone else. That's Divinity. All right, the Divinity phone. If you're watching on the stream, hey to you, there's a number. Keep an eye on it, 995-1059. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. Text me. I've got the text line open. So hey to y'all. Hey, everybody. Text me, and I'll see your text, and a bunch of those will make it on the air on the country-pleasing text line, country-pleasing sausage. It's a great Mississippi company, by the way. And if you're ever in the area, let's say you're south of Jackson, you're headed down on Highway 49, you go through Richland, you get down there to Florence, and look right on the side of the road is the country meat packers. they got the butcher shop. You ought to go in and tell Henry and the folks there, at Country Pleasing, that we said hello, the Country Pleasing brand. Look for it in grocery stores throughout the Southeast. I had some more Country Pleasing sausage for breakfast this morning myself. So the text line, the Country Pleasing text, 885-ESPN, 
ESPN. Didn't get to have the normal routine, though, because I did have to go get some blood drawn. You know, check up. They're just going to check. You know, like you have to every now and then they check that, make sure you're okay. But they make you not eat anything until, you know, until after that. So the 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 overnight fast. Blood sugar. Yeah. You know, the overnight fast, Roger. So I couldn't eat anything after midnight. Uh, so breakfast was a little later. But they allowed me to have coffee. I don't know if the medical professionals want me putting this out there on Front Street or not. But they told me, sure, you can have coffee, just black coffee, as long as you don't have it with cream and sugar. Like, I don't drink it that way anyway. I want it as black as I can get it. And I actually have some left over. So with that being the case, man, I was fine. I had coffee. I even have some left over from High Point Roasters in New Albany. Highpointroasters.com. Get yours there today if you haven't already. Gosh, that smells good. Woo! Roger, I wish you could smell this coffee. Dadgummit. This is the best stuff. Mm. Ain't nothing better than waking up smelling some hot coffee and bacon. Oh, man. Bacon? Or that green onion, uh, pepper jack cheese and green oh, onion yeah. sausage it's, from oh, oh, Country sorry, Pleasing? I, I, pork. <laughs> Throw that in the pan. Pork in the frying pan. Just pork in the pan. <laughs> nothing smells Get better. Get that grease hot. Okay, uh, real quick, I want to cover a subject here. Hey to John and Joy. Hey to y'all on Facebook. Everybody that's tuning in on the uh, Facebook live stream. Hey to you. Feel free to comment. We'll get you going there. Also, again, we'll look at your text and get to your phone calls. But I got something I want to talk about. It uh, has been hitting close to home for state fans, and then it hits really close to home to me. My hometown of Tupelo, a kid from here who everybody knows and watch play ball has lost his life. And I'm, if you don't know the details, I'll give those to you coming up. So I want to talk about that. He's a former athlete. And, and, and the idea of athletes when their career is over, what then? I, I just want to, you know, I don't know. I'm uh, burdened by it. It's not the right word. I just feel like I want to get it off my chest. So we're going to do that. But first, I want to address this. On my Twitter feed, at Radio Wyatt, the last two things that, if you look at my mentions, not things that I've tweeted, but my mentions, the last two things. One is a tweet from the Mississippi State University golf course. They are at Hale State GC that says, wow, just in time for a cool weekend at the Dude, new in from Adidas Golf, three new men's outerwear pieces. So you can see pictures of what, and, and I'm wearing one similar. I want you to know that. But the other thing was, I didn't plan it this way. I happen to be wearing a new hat from the uh, Mississippi State University golf course. And if you'll check it out, if you're looking at my stream right there, look at that logo. That says Stark Vegas. <laughs> what do you think of that hat? And oh, by the way, it's got the state of Mississippi on the side. So if you can't see it and the lights are too bright, I wanted you to see what the logo is. It's my new Stark Vegas hat, fresh off the shelf from Mississippi State University golf course. And the, the next or the last thing on my mentions on my Twitter feed is from Mary. From Maroon Mary. And I wondered what this was. And I saw him like, wait a minute, why am I in this? Mary tweeted and said, Y'all need to leave Bo Bounds alone. He is a radio show host. He wants to appeal to a larger audience. And what does he say? And does over someone that is definitely a homer. I don't agree with a lot that he says and does, but I know how to turn the dial. I don't always agree with Radio Wyatt. 
And I thought, what is this about? Why is Mary... How'd you get looped into this? Yeah, I know. I'm like, why is Mary tweeting about Bo? And and so I'm looking here, and what it was is somebody named Trey on Twitter just tweeted, and it said a couple hours ago, and it said, I'm amazed at how pretentious Bo is. Now, he didn't... He didn't like tag Bo Bounds. It could have been somebody else, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it could have been. For all I know, I mean, he could have been talking about another Bo, but he said, but, but that was Mary's response. And so I just thought Mary must have sent that to me for two reasons. One, you know, one of two reasons. <laughs> she wanted me to see it in order to tag me. I mean, you know, tag me. She wanted me to see it, I guess. And or, um, I don't know. I, I, I well, I don't know why I got uh, you know looped into it. But this is what I would say. I think there's some truth in what she's tweeting right there. She says, you know, he's trying to uh, appeal to a broader audience, and anybody, anybody in radio, anybody in media, everybody's trying to appeal to a broader audience in some shape, form, or fashion. But there's two big misconceptions out there in media consumption in 2020. There's two huge misconceptions. And I hope this comes across clearly to everybody, but also understand where I'm coming from. I think what we all need to do is we have to move away from this idea of Homer versus not Homer (laughs) and, and that kind of thing. Homer versus, we just have to move away from it in 2020. For 25, 30, 35 years, media in the state of Mississippi have constantly fought this battle of, you know, you, some sports guy on TV in some corner of the state is doing a newscast and he's really careful to make sure there's enough state and enough Ole Miss and inevitably he's going to get calls anyway. Listen, it's 2020. And that stuff just doesn't exist anymore. Nobody cares. You're never going to make everybody happy. And the best thing you can do is just be what and who you are, okay, in any media capacity. So the number one thing I hope that Mary and me and everybody could do is stop looking at media personalities and shows and this host and that host and worrying about who's a homer and who's not because nobody cares anymore. Nobody's hiding anything. Just because someone could be an Ole Miss fan, an Ole Miss sympathizer, buy Ole Miss tickets, doesn't mean that they can't have a true and honest and real opinion about Mississippi State. And the same is true for someone from a Mississippi State perspective. Just because I'm a state guy and I wear state clothes and I played there and I go to the games and call the games and I want state to win doesn't mean I can't give you a real good, solid, honest opinion from time to time on Ole Miss. So this whole Homer versus not Homer, I say to it, a great, big, fat, who cares? If you can entertain me, I don't care what colors you're wearing. And if you can tell me the truth, what difference does it make what colors you're wearing? Homer or not Homer, for anybody anywhere, no longer is a valid descriptor for anybody in media. We're just too far along. It's not 1985 anymore. Okay? So that's number one. And number two, 
Number two, for anybody listening to my show, for anybody consuming my content, for anybody who follows me on Twitter or my accounts or listens to my podcast, please understand, I don't say this in a mean way, never once, not one single time have I ever turned on a microphone and been motivated to say something based on whether or not you will agree with me. It simply is not a concern of mine. I, how, do you, how can you tell someone you don't care what they think without it coming across rude? Listen, I'm sorry, maybe it's rude to Mary and to John Doe and to anyone else. I don't care if a single person agrees with me or not on anything. It's not why I'm here. It's not what I'm motivated by. It's not a factor in anything I say or do on this show or any other platform. Finding someone who will agree with me on something is not a concern and never has been. And do you know what? It's part of the reason I'm still doing this. Because <laughs> that's what works. Anyone worried about how many people or who agrees with them is not going to be in this very long. Are we clear? Everybody clear? All clear? Thank you very much. Now, let's see what we have here. On the country, please, and text line. Brooksy says, stop being a homer, Matt. LOL, my man. <laughs> right back at you, Brooks. <laughs> the mailman says, spoken like a true homer. Just kidding. I enjoy the show, and I am an Ole Miss fan. Thanks, David. We had my Ole Miss fan wife on the show yesterday, and it amazes me. Like, every time she's on, people always, you know, I never know if it's just because it's friends and family or what, but everybody's like, oh, y'all should do that more often. Maybe we should just have a two-person show, Matt and Nanny. Annie and, well, she, her name would have to come first. It'd be Annie and Matt. <laughs> Brent says, I don't care that you don't care that I don't care. Hail State, you do you, do you brother. <laughs> I like that. Uh, country please in text QB one says, I agree. I don't care what teams you radio guys love and don't love. I think y'all all do well co trying to cover all the teams. He goes, but Bo is pretty snobby. And so many people can't stand listen to him. Well, but you can't say that QB one when Bo has been doing a show longer than anybody else around here. First of all, and it, you don't do something that long if you don't know what you're doing. Guy knows what he's doing. And when I listen to their show, I really like it. It's just, you know, my, I don't have a commute um, very often during the time that they're on the air. But when I do, I always listen. And uh, let's see. Casper says, can I get an amen from, a light, uh, from the light-skinned brother in the front row? <laughs> Thanks for your text to the country-pleasing text line. John says, yay, I now have a partner. And then, uh, let's see, QB1, oh, he says, oh, he's great at it. Yeah, okay, I know. I see. So you were being sarcastic. No, he's, he does a really fine job. Anyway, not the 
necessarily the subject that I planned on beginning with today, but uh, it, it's how it began. Okay, so we're going to take up some time here in the first hour on, on a subject that I want to uh, bring to your attention. We're going to have a clean cut now. We're going to move over to something else. Whether you're a fan of Mississippi State or not, uh, if you're in this state, you haven't avoided the news here recently that um, you haven't avoided the news that state has lost a couple of former athletes recently. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had the story about Darunia Wilson, the former receiver, Birmingham native, uh, found uh, shot and killed in his home there in Birmingham. Uh, he went to Winona High School. Everybody knows Bear Wilson, Darunia Wilson, number one. Big receiver. He was Dak's number one target, 2014-15. Left a year early to try to go to the NFL. That did not work out. And, uh, he, you know, obviously hasn't didn't live too long after college. And then we have the news here over the last few days. Now, this was kind of one of those stories that was, you could see it coming. It was slowly developing. When P.J. Jones, a former Tupelo High School star, and then was a star at times on a defensive line, was a big-time signee for Mississippi State on the defensive line, played for the Bulldogs. When he basically was reported missing um, in late January, uh, they, they said that he had not contacted his family since January the 20th and then was reported missing after that. And a couple of days ago, I saw the story. They did not attach a name to it or anything, but there was a news blip out there on the radar and on social media that a body uh, had been found in a lake in um, the Tupelo area in Lee County. The body was being recovered. And now stories out that authorities have identified uh the man found in that private lake uh, just east of the mall at Barnes Crossing. Uh, authorities on, I guess, let's see, it says Monday. So I, I guess the body recovered on Monday. And now they have confirmed that it was the body of P.J. Jones. Lee County Coroner Carolyn Green said yesterday, his name was uh, uh, Philemon D. P.J. Jones, 27 years old. They identified him through his fingerprints. Green said the preliminary autopsy is not complete. Cause of death has not been specified. He had not contacted his family since January the 20th, was believed to be suffering from undisclosed medical issues. Uh, he was last seen in that same area up there, Indian Hills neighborhood, near the mall at Barnes Crossing, kind of on the other side of the highway, near uh, Big Oaks Golf Course or beyond it. And officials notified Monday that a body was floating in a watershed lake in the Indian Hills area. Tupelo Fire Chief Thomas Walker, this is a report from Daily Journal, Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. Uh, I know uh, Thomas said that uh, Thomas Walker said his water rescue teams were contacted Monday. Police detectives there um, found a body floating face down 20, 25 feet from the bank. Uh, when he was pulled from the water, he only had on socks and underwear, so he was not clothed fully. His sister had posted on social media that when he disappeared, he didn't take his car, phone, or wallet. Now, 
when the news that he was missing first popped up, some of the folks that know him or people that did, you know, may have posted on different social media accounts that they understood that PJ was having a tough time and that he, you know, maybe was having some depression issues and different things like that. I, you know, I don't want to repeat or say too much of it just simply because I don't know um, those details, but that's what, you know, others have said. And so what it has done is it has touched off a little bit of a conversation now on social media. I've seen some stuff on Facebook from uh, a former teammate, uh, some other people who've played that are raising an issue about guidance and help from universities, kind of the university entity at every school and the athletics departments to guidance and help in being a conduit for these guys to then enter society into the working world when professional sports don't work out for certain people and that universities and schools need to do more and should do more. And, and there have been accusations maybe by some that they're not doing enough. Well, I want to talk about it next because as sad as the news is, a lot of times people do use it as you know a jumping off point to say, well, what could someone have done or what should someone have done? We all kind of naturally, you lose somebody, you think, well, could I have done anything to help or to stop it? So being someone that many years ago was an athlete that went through the whole, hey, pro ball ain't working out, you got to go work. And, you know, I want to talk about it, both from an experience standpoint, but also from a a research standpoint of what the schools actually offer. And we'll do that next when we come back. So get your thoughts in to me, call me, and text me. In the Farm Bureau studio, stick around. Back on the show, rolling along with you here. First hour on this Thursday. Coming up, some baseball to get into. Uh, Ole Miss going to have a former player, a different former player, on their radio broadcasts this year. He'll be uh, taking over for Keith Kessinger. Keith Kessinger, former player, stepping away from the Ole Miss radio broadcasts of their baseball games to be able to go watch his son play a bunch of baseball who's a college player now and so brad henderson we've had a tupelo theme to today's show brad henderson a tupelo kid who is the all-time hits leader at Ole miss is stepping into the booth and brad's going to be on the show coming up in hour number two so i hope y'all stick around for that i'm matt in the farm bureau studio farm bureau go with the home team Reminding you, you can sleep better. Check it out. Nestandwild.com, a great Mississippi company, making 100% American-made mattresses that they deliver right to your door. Every mattress they make at Nest and Wild is 12 inches thick, not 8, not 10, like a lot of the competitors, like a lot of stuff you're buying and sleeping on right now. From Twin to California King, 12-inch thick mattresses. Everything in the mattress, everything in the bases are... American-made. Get yours right now at nestandwild.com. Tell them I sent you. Use code BULLY20 for a discount, B-U-L-L-Y-2-0. Use code BULLY20 for a 20% discount 
and you get a free pillow top mattress cover with it as well. And uh, let me know what you think. I'd love to hear. So uh, here we go. Listen, I, I was there at one time. You play, you know, a relatively high level of uh, athletics. You know, it could, you know, a sport. It could be anything where there's a, even the slightest little bit of what somebody would call fame with it. Now, fame just being, you know, people know you, they recognize you, they pat you on the back. And, you know, there's a, I've, we've talked about this before. I think a lot of players and athletes, when they go through that, at first, for a lot of them, it's shocking that all of a sudden people you've never seen before, you've never talked to them before, but they recognize you, man. They know you. It seems, and it it's scary, it's shocking, and then it becomes a little bit intoxicating, or at least you become used to it. So how can I put this into words for you? Every college football player, especially, okay, every SEC football player experiences this to a certain degree, to differing degrees. And at different times in their lives. Where you go from your entire world, everything you can see and perceive, everything about your entire world is all about football. Your class schedule and your makeup while you're, of your class schedule while you're in college is built around the football schedule. Who you are. You're a football player. That's what you do. Where is your safe place? You know, it's not a room with the door shut and the lights off. It's on the football field. Then you have the experience of you wear the uniform and you, in your own mind, in your own confidence, in your own psyche, you develop this idea that you're kind of like a gladiator. You know, you look in the mirror and you're huge. You see muscles. You see abs. You're lifting more weight than you ever thought you could. You're jumping higher, running faster. You're, you're able to do things with your body athletically that are just way above average if you're an SEC football player. And it just becomes everything you're about in order to be there. And then you run out of that tunnel on game day with the lights and 60 and 70 and 100,000 people looking at you, cheering you, booing you, millions of people watching you on television. I mean, and, and everything is catered to you. Every meal is prepared for you. It's ready when you want it. You want more? Get it. They're giving you money. They're giving you, you know, a place to live. You know, everywhere you go, you're getting patted on the back. Every, it's, it's all about you are an absolute superstar. That's the way it comes across in most of those guys' heads. I was there. That's the way it comes across. And then... At some point, abruptly, it stops. That's it. It stops. It doesn't slowly end. And if you're a player that doesn't go to the NFL, 
you're a player that's not going to get drafted and continue to get to go play. It just stops on a dime. One day it's there. The next day it's over. Forever. And then some thoughts begin to creep in your head that you've never had before. What, what am I going to do? What a, I mean, what am I going to be doing this time next year? How am I going to, I mean, how am I going to make some money? How much money do I have to have? Now, some guys are more prepared than others. Maybe their parents did a better job of preparing them. Maybe they just simply got it and matured a little bit earlier than others and started to pay attention in school. I, you know, I don't know. But for any player who's ever put on an SEC football uniform, when it's over, when it's done, the end, it, it, it will absolutely rock your world. And here's the thing about it. This is what I want everybody to, to, to take away from this. Places like Mississippi State University, we might be shocked if we got a really good, close, inside look inside the athletic department doors as to the links that they go and that all these schools go, all of them, to give assistance in some shape, form, or fashion for those student-athletes in making that transition. If you're someone who you've thought to yourself, well, they don't do anything for them to help them. I mean, it's like they let them play and then just see you and that couldn't be further from the truth. Within the last three or four years, let's just call it four years. I'm going to give you a couple of facts. Within the last, let's say, four years, and let's just use Mississippi State as an example, they went from zero full-time staff members who were considered you know, a part of the student-athlete development services and counseling services and mental health services. Student-athlete development staff members, full-time, they went from zero to now there's two full-time in the athletics department. That's their full-time job, student-athlete development. Student-athlete development, mental health staff, total, so that includes everybody even who's not full-time, has the size of that staff at state has tripled over the last three or four years. They just keep adding more into it and more into it and more people and more programs. Um, I participated in something, I guess this is about four years ago, the first or maybe three, the first year or two that they did this. And they'd have basically a career night for student athletes where They'd bring those of us in who were professionals in different areas and then the football players and others that wanted to come and talk to us about possibly getting into that field for a living came and they got to meet with us. We were all there. Well, over the last three, four years, they have made that mandatory for every junior and senior athlete. They must attend this career night where they get connected with people who are in the same field that they want to go into after their playing career is over. Now it's like mandatory. a mentor thing? Like a mentor thing, yes. That's, that's awesome. I wish and, I'd had one. <laughs> well, Roger, and here's the thing. It's now mandatory. If you're a junior or senior athlete, you must attend that event and and have be given the chance to meet someone who could mentor you in getting into that particular profession. 
The stuff these schools do is pretty incredible. Stick around. Back on the show. So, you know, part of, I think, part of the shock for some people who go through the world of big-time college athletics that then they have a hard time transitioning into the working world. I think part of the thing is because real life and the real world is not like what we go through as big-time Division One college athletes. We don't have someone preparing our meals. We don't have someone, you know, hand us a check to show up and, and practice and play. We don't have that. Things become harder. Life is tough. And, you know, you don't have it. You're not a star anymore. And some people just maybe have a harder time dealing with those things, and it can contribute. But for anyone... Listen to what I'm telling you. For anyone to say that at a place like State, that there aren't programs and people and staff members and things in place to help athletes that need it in making it, making that transition, then to say that is is ignorant. It's not true. I was telling Roger too something else they do. I'll give you an example: if a student athlete fails a drug test. You know, there's a punishment goes along with it. Did you know that it's also a mandatory part of remaining a student athlete that you immediately begin having talks with one of these student athlete developmental staff counselors? They're doing everything they can. And there is an element of even in those situations, somebody can hand you the rope. You must hang on to it. All right. Uh, let's get to some phone calls and then we'll get to some texts on the uh, Country Please and text line. Divinity Equipment phone. Tyler is up first. Thanks for hanging on, Tyler. What's up? Not a problem, Matt. How are you doing, bud? Just right. Thank you. You know, it's it's one of those things that I think sometimes people buy into the celebrity part of it too much on ex-athletes and things like that because I think that there's a element of structure that when that structure disappears from their life, mm. it's hard. Mm-hmm. to go from a, a very structured environment like what a team is, especially a college football team, and then, and then just being out on your own with no guidance. You right. know, in a strange way, we have programs now for people coming out of the military because they suffer from the same type of, you know, depression and, and struggle following their careers because they're, they're, they go from a very structured environment to a almost structureless world. Yeah, I see and, what you mean. And even the really, really successful prison systems the ones that have the best and the highest rating of people being rehabilitated and put out on out into the world are the ones that not only make them serve their time but they they create systems and programs that support these these people so that when they do come out that that they know how to to survive once they get past the structure there are a ton of people that that Try that that do phenomenally well in a prison system because it's structured, hmm. and and people don't realize that when you live in an unstructured world and you've been kind of 
a, a part of a structured system for so much of your life, it can be extremely difficult well, to feel and like I think, you're kind of just drifting out there. I think the word you're looking for is institutionalized, right? In varying degrees, you kind of, you know, I've heard that yes. in the prison world, you kind of become institutionalized. I think about the movie Shawshank Redemption, you know, when the the old guy who'd been in there for decades and they let him out, he's like, the character was like 75 something years old in Shawshank and they finally let him out and he just had no earthly idea. He couldn't take it. And he ended his own life in that movie, but it was a, a you know, commentary on that idea of institutionalization. Um, and I think, you know, there's something to that in that, you know, what we have to do as, I mean, sure the university and its people trying to, to help student athletes and give them a way to transition or to help them transition. And they're doing that, like I've talked about. But I think also there has to – there's got to be someone in that kid's life that gets them to, you know, kind of talks them through it and helps them understand, hey, look, that part is over. Um, and it's okay if nobody knows your name. And it's okay to not be a star anymore. You know, 99% of the people out here, nobody knows their name. They're not a star. They just go to work and they live their life. And you may have to piece it together. And it it may be tough. And you may have months when you don't have money. You may have times when you don't know when the next job is coming. But if that's the case, that actually kind of makes you normal. What you've gone through already is not normal. You know, and I, I think that you know, some of it, I had the advantage of coming up in a home with loving parents who taught me everything I needed to know. I mean, there was no shortage of support. I didn't need support from a university. I had it at home. Well, not everybody has it at home. And I guess the point I was making, Tyler, is that there is there are so many things that these schools with all their resources and and there's so many things that they are already doing and ramping up to help with the things we're talking about right now that people don't know about. And then they get on social media or they get on Facebook and they get on Twitter and, and just start venting and make it sound like these universities are throwing these athletes to the wolves after they graduate. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Tyler. Thank you, buddy. Call anytime. Chris on the phone. Appreciate you hanging on, Chris. What's up? What's up, Matt? Yo. Hey, man. Um, you know that's um that's a very interesting topic that you're talking about right now. I mean, we can we can go ways. I mean, you can go down plenty of rabbit holes trying to talk about that conversation. Yeah, and the one but, thing I I don't um, have a good understanding of the legitimate like mental illness side of things. You know what I'm saying, Chris? I don't have, that's not something I'm yeah. very, I wish I need to get my sister on because that's where she works for a living. She's in that field. She's a counselor and she always has been. That's her whole, she would know everything about it, but I, I'm unfamiliar with it. And so I have a hard time talking about it. I don't, I don't have a good understanding of the mental illness side of all this. Right. Well, um, there's there's another thing that I was going to tell you. Um, I forgot to tell you yesterday when I called you. Um, I listen to I'm a Braves fan just like you, mm-hmm. and I listen to some podcasts on the Braves. And I don't know if you've ever heard of the Platinum Sombrero, but them guys are really really good. Are they? Um, you may need to check it out. Platinum but, um, Sombrero. They were talking about. 
Yeah, Platinum Sobrero. And it's Dylan Short and Doc Herbert. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Oh, I, I know who good. Dylan is. Yeah, I've actually seen some interview stuff he's done before. Yeah, he is good. Yeah. Yeah. And also, what I was going to tell you was, as you were talking about Pete Rose the other day, and see, I'm a truck driver, so I was listening to it at night. Okay. And I was wanting so bad to call you because they were talking about that, and um, they were saying that there's a lot of other stuff that people don't know that got swept under the rug about mm. Pete Rose mm. is the reason why they don't, they would never vote for him to be in the Hall of Fame. And once I heard that, I changed my mind, too, because... It's almost like that pitcher from Oregon State. It's a, it's a situation like that. Yeah. I got you. So, okay. Well, but, um, if it is. Also, uh, too, you know, yeah, it's pretty bad. Like, I mean, once they said it, I went and, I went and read up on it. You need to Google it, and and you might get find the story. I can't remember exactly where the story's at, but you could find the story, and once you read it, you'd be like, uh-uh. No, I changed my mind, too, because it's bad. Okay. But, um. Also, too, um, are you ready? For are what? you ready for baseball? <laughs> Man, am I ever. And, you know, <laughs> even though it's going to be cold, I know it's actually going to warm up a little bit Saturday and Sunday, and I, I'll be there with Bart on those two days. I know it's going to be cold tomorrow, but I can't wait. Hey, and uh, Chris, they moved the yeah, start sir. time up for states. For 1 o'clock. Yeah, I just I need, I need to make everybody aware. Yeah, 1 think. o'clock Central? Yeah, 1 o'clock Central will be first pitch tomorrow for state versus right state. Okay. They moved it up because it's going to be so cold. Yeah, I mean, that's what I figured. I'm, I'm over here in the Eastern time zone, and I listened to Bart and Charlie last night, and they said it last night. So, um, But, yeah, um, you need to get Bart. you need to get Bart and Charlie to let you on there with them one time, and y'all start talking about some of the – the old baseball teams and stuff oh, like I'm, that. I'm, I'm that, going to – I'm not going to just lightly suggest that I get to be on their show at some point. I'm just going to outright say it. And I may wait until we're on the air calling a game <laughs> so that I totally put Bart on the spot. I want to be on your podcast. <laughs> so I may try it. Chris, I appreciate the call, man. Yeah. Travel safely, all right? Have a good day. All right. Have a good day and see ya. See ya. Thank you. All right, over here on the Country Pleasing text line, Jason in Flagstaff, and you all know that he's in that military life. He says, I reject that. He says, it isn't about structure. It's about going from being something to being nothing. He he said, I struggle with it sometimes. I'm as structured as it gets because the military taught me to be self-structured, motivated, etc. But that means if the world says that doesn't mean anything to them, when you go to get a job or something, then what does it amount to? And, you know, Jason, you're touching on it. it. It is something that, you know, individually we have to deal with. Now, I wouldn't at all step up here and try to correlate a whole lot of the stuff with playing college ball to what it's actually like being in the military where people are shooting at you. And I, I wouldn't dare do that. But I think you and I both get it that this, I think you're onto something there. This idea of, you have in your head you are something you know what you are you know what your purpose is and what you're connected to and what those goals are and you got to commit everything to it and for about 90 percent of them or more at 23 years old it stops that's it the end and if you haven't been laying the 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 path for something else you're lost stick around 